And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, I don't know if it's really easy to record a podcast when you're just not talking about games anymore at all, or if it's or if it's really hard to record a podcast when you're not talking about games anymore at all. I, I you know, I probably should have learned that lesson considering the season stopped playing for four and a half months or whatever, or actually even longer because that was just training camp from March to whenever they started in the bubble. But you know what? I, I I don't really remember. I think I blacked out for from March until until August. So I guess now we're doing a podcast. Uh, you know, I did a podcast with Ben Standig on Monday night after the Wizards had like their first good win of the year. They beat a really good Phoenix team that had been playing well. I know they were tired. I know they were on the road, but it's not like the Wizards just squeaked one out. They didn't have Westbrook, and they didn't have Thomas Bryant, and they just wrecked them, and they were up 30 in the first half, and they stayed up big the whole time. And this is why the Wizards can't have nice things, because now, of course, they have a COVID outbreak on the team. They have multiple positive tests on the team. They had their Wednesday game canceled. It's now late Thursday morning when I'm recording this. The Friday game has already been canceled. By the time this thing posts, for all we know, they have a Sunday-Monday back-to-back against Cleveland. For all I know, the Sunday-Monday back-to-back could be canceled too. So we'll see. I I shouldn't say canceled. It's postponed, I guess, technically, but we'll see what ends up happening. I don't know how the Sunday-Monday game is going to pan out. I don't know how uh, what's going on with them is going to pan out, but we still have a lot to talk about. And so I'm just bringing back the better half of this podcast to talk about it anyway. And on the Skype line again, it's Ben Standing again. Hey, can I can I put in a uh, can I put in an applause track here? I mean, that's just silliness. Uh, but yes, um, happy to, happy to be here. We're doing it in the daylight. I mean, I, I, should I not have ruined that? It is Wizards after dark, and the sun is out right hey, now. Hey, hey! As I've said many times, daylight is after dark. <laughs> uh, well, that, well, there you go. Yeah, this this legitimately may be like the first podcast I've done with you where the the, the sun is uh, out. So that is that is curious. Uh, but yes. Uh, Lot, 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 lots to lots to get to. It is weird though talking about an NBA team in season that is just not playing games. Um, but for you know, we, we understand why. But yeah, this is. I, I told I told you right before we came on the air that like as somebody who's covering the NFL, like I've gotten very lucky this year be, over the last year because the NFL season by and large was not interrupted by any of this. Things things were different, of course, because of COVID and and some things were delayed or whatever. But like by and large, it's kept going. I will. I don't know what I would have done. If for months on end the sport didn't exist, and now you're in in season, I mean, watch the football team didn't miss any games with COVID. They only had two players, in fact, on the whole season. Once the season started, test positive, and neither one of those players were on the active roster at the time. So the fact that the Wizards, what are we up to now? Three people um, that th- th- we think. Uh, yeah, we're, that's we're according to Woj. According to yeah. Woj, it's three, and you know. Who knows? They're they're contact tracing the whole roster, 
And if somebody got it from somebody else, you know, that doesn't necessarily show up on a positive test until a few days after the fact. It's not like you get it from somebody and, you know, 32 minutes later, it shows up on a positive test. You know, it could take three days, four days, five days before you test positive. So they got to be ultra precautious. That was a big reason why they canceled the game on Friday. You know, like I said in the last podcast, when, when a player gets tied up in contact tracing, he's missing that game because the last thing they want, the worst case scenario in their mind, and certainly in my mind, the worst case scenario is not if a player uh, misses a game when he was actually healthy. The worst case scenario is if a player plays in a game when he shouldn't have actually played in the game. And by the way, I think it's possible that we've seen that happen in some cases. And the league, I think, is really going out of its way to make sure that doesn't happen. So right now, that basically the whole roster is just tied up in contact tracing because they have multiple guys on the team who have positive tests. And teammates tend to come within teammates. That's that's the way it tends to work. And, and I think they're waiting out to see if some people are positive because there hasn't been enough time. And I think they're trying to figure out who came in contact with whom and how long they were in contact for. And it's just like... It's rough. And until they know for sure, the Wizards are not playing a basketball game. Uh, and they're going to have to, I mean, maybe they'll make up this Jazz game. And maybe they'll make up the Pistons game from Friday. And if the Cavs back-to-back is canceled, maybe they'll make that up. The reason the league released the schedule in two halves is so they could schedule the second half. Uh, you know, so they could schedule the second half in a way that makeup games were more schedule friendly as opposed to having to wedge them in and find common off days and all that kind of stuff. But it's still not going to be easy to schedule this when different teams have different numbers of games to make up and you're going to have to throw back-to-backs in there. Meanwhile, back-to-backs are tougher now than they were before, not just because there are more of them, but because of testing stuff, which you have to deal with on an everyday basis. Back-to-backs are really complicated or, or just it's just a complicated schedule. It's a complicated day uh, in order to go through all that stuff on a back-to-back. And now there's even more testing. It's just it's just really, it's really tough to schedule this stuff. And it's really tough to figure out. There's no perfect way to make it up. There's still like kind of uncomfortable wedging, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, there's, I don't know. There's a lot to, 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 to go through. I guess it just feels weird and jarring on some level. Obviously, the NBA was considered, you know, um, you know, the leader uh, with uh, w- with dealing with with COVID situation with the bubble, and from that they got a lot of uh, attention, a lot a lot of praise, and maybe people went into this season thinking this shouldn't be that big of a deal. Now, to me, it never made any sense on some level because how are you going to maintain? I mean, uh, how are you going to maintain? You know, you can't maintain control it, it, when you have people flying all over the place and people, you know, being out in society and being around other other people. And, and that's just part of the deal. Um, you know, again, I, I, I do go back to what I just experienced with the football team. And, uh, you know, I mean, there were there were teams in the NFL that had some issues. Let's not pretend otherwise. The Ravens had, you know, a couple dozen people at one point who, who were tested positive and, and there were delays in games and they had to you know, rejigger stuff. For sure, but in that sport with only one game a week, you know they were able to manipulate the schedule and get through this, get through the season. I mean, the Denver Broncos had to play a game with no quarterback, but by and large they were able to do it. But here in the NBA, when you're playing three, four games in a week, like the back to backs, like you're saying and all that, I mean, it just you know 
it just makes it so more complicated. And, you know, oddly, you know, basketball or not, I don't know about oddly, but basketball is, you know, is, is early on, it was identified as a, as an activity that could be a, a, a spreader more so than like flying on airplanes. And, um, you know, I guess we're, we're, we're finding that out now. It'll be really interesting to see how the league handles this. I mean, it now feels like they're already kind of in too deep to just sort of stop. But at the same time, you know, if you start having teams having to miss, you know, two, three games at a, at a clip, I mean, what do you what do you do? I mean, you're right. And and something that God, I don't I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast or if I just say it to people. But like if I if I were inventing a sport, if basketball had not yet been invented and I were inventing a sport and the sole purpose of the sport wasn't competition, it wasn't to win, it wasn't exercise. The sole purpose of the sport is just to spread COVID. I think I'd invent basketball. <laughs> I think I'd have a bunch of half-naked people running around a court, screaming at each other, spinning on each other, taking out and putting back in their mouthpieces, passing around one germ-infested ball that everybody on the court touches. I, I, I just I just can't, you know, they're they're indoors. You're playing on a small court. You know, football, it's outdoors and it's on a big field. And you're wearing protective gear, which basically prevents you from coming within somebody. I mean, you know, like LaDainian Tomlinson wore a natural mask. That's my really outdated football reference. Because LaDainian, LaDainian Tomlinson's visor, it was, it was a COVID-friendly helmet. It was perfect. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. LaDainian Tomlinson wasn't going to give anybody COVID. But it's just... I know that the league has been, as, as I said in the last podcast, the league has been operating under the assumption that in-game transmission is not really a thing. I don't know. Uh, Tim Cato and, and Jared Weiss had a, had a good story about that over on The Athletic a few days ago, which you can go read. I believe it's still on our main NBA page. And if you're interested in this topic, you can go read it. Anyway, you want? let's just talk basketball. It's Yeah, let's do that. It's more fun. It, there's not that much more to say other than like the Wizards aren't playing and the world is crappy and that's why the Wizards aren't playing. Um let I I you want to just talk what did you think of the Harden trade? Give me the first reaction. Uh well, fun. I mean, chaotic. I mean, the fact that this is what the NBA does, although to be honest, it almost felt like yeah, of course this was going to happen like, you know, it's like we, the, the, these massive deals involving superstars now just seemingly happen every few weeks, months. Um, and, and this one was pretty anticipated, you know, for a while, let alone when Harden <laughs> made the ridiculous comments he made, you know, uh, basically saying, get me out of here uh, the, the day before. And we knew the Nets, were, you know, were, were, were a team. It wasn't like that, but that aspect wasn't a surprise. I guess that, the, I mean, then it got the, you know, not, then it wasn't just those two teams and two other teams got involved and, Houston, you know, then, then trades for Oladipo is another big name and so on. I, I guess my thinking, though, is this, that normally when these deals happen and the team gets the James Harden, you know, the MVP kind of candidate, you're like immediately put them in the contention, you know, put them in the, the, the contender category, if not the contender. I don't know. I, I, I don't really like this trade for the Nets, to be honest. I mean, if you tell me everybody's good the rest of the way, fine. But you're relying a lot on Kyrie Irving at this point, not just you know, going MIA like he is kind of right now at, at, at a critical juncture. And they've now traded away all their assets, uh, essentially, to, you know, future assets with, with, with picks and swaps and all that to um, to get any to get any better. Plus, like, you've got all this ridiculous volume shooting 
on the team. I mean, we've never had a – it's one thing, you know, you can't compare this three to, say, the Miami Heat with LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh because they were different type players that, that you know, they, they could blend in. This is what makes Bradley Beal so interesting. Bradley Beal can blend in with different teams. He doesn't need the ball all the time. These guys do it particularly hard and, and Kyrie. So, I don't know. I, 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 I don't love it. I, I, I It just feels like they almost were like, we – <laughs> that, that that we can't trust Kyrie and we can't waste another year of Durant. So we need to go do this, even though it just doesn't feel like I don't love, I don't actually love that threesome together. So, so here's, here's my take. I agree with you that they're going to be like, they're probably going to look clunky and a little off offensively. And they might never get it all the way together because there are so many guys who just want to pound the air out of the ball. For what it's worth, by the way, I think Kevin Durant fits the category of what you were talking about with Beal. Like Durant is so good off the ball, so good running off screens. I know he wanted to ISO too much for like that Golden State offense, but his ISOs are awesome. And he is great off the ball. And he's a great cutter. And he's but he just, can't be the third guy, though. Like that that's my only No, thing. he is the best player on the team. Right. Kevin Durant might be the MVP this year. He is looking that good coming back from his injury. He's been incredible. No, I mean, he can't be. But my point is just stylistically, you know, your number one guy doesn't necessarily have to be the guy who has the ball all the time. You know, I think that's a way we think about it now, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that kind of case. You know, Durant can still make his impact running around screens and doing stuff while the other guys have the ball. But I agree with you. It's going to look clunky at times. It's going to look weird. Uh, it's going to look uncomfortable, maybe. And that all being said, I still think the offense is going to be awesome because while Kevin Durant stands around or Kyrie stands around trying to get the ball and James Harden is just ISOing or flip those roles and Kyrie is just ISOing or flip those roles and Kevin Durant is just ISOing, well, guess what? All those guys are amazing at that. So so it's still going to get a lot of points. Right. Uh, I think they're still going to score a whole ton of points. I'm worried about the defense. They got rid of Jared Allen, who is a really consequential defender for them. Kevin Durant is their best defensive player in in, in their closing lineup right now. And so Durant's defense is just going to be huge. And when Durant wants to go, he's amazing. He's amazing defensively when he wants to go at it. He's just like, he's just a perfect basketball player. But it's, it's tough. Like, I don't know what that defense does i get it you want to go get james harden but they sacrifice their entire draft capital and i'm just i'm just worried i'm worried about what that defense is going to be because ultimately if you're not if you're not capable of defending like a top half of the league defense it's really hard to win the conference and they can do that and their defense is top half of the league now i think but it it could be tough like i could see teams slicing them up and they're gonna have to score a lot of points. I have a follow-up question for you. Sure. Because this is a Wizards podcast. It seems like like 12% of the reaction to the Harden trade was, oh man, guess who's next? Guess who's next? It's Bradley Beal. How do you feel about that? I mean, Bradley Beal was trending on Twitter right after the trade was made for reasons that were, you know, like you said, obvious. Um, yeah, 100%. I, you know, uh, as I'm sure you did, I was texting people around the league just to get, you know, some fun reaction to the trade. And some and uh, one uh, executive's response to me was the winner of this trade. He, did, he, he didn't mention um, the Rockets, the Nets, the Pacers, 
the Cavs. He didn't mention James Harden. He didn't mention Victor Oladipo. He said the winner of this trade was Tommy Shepard. Because the price of, of, you know, I don't always buy the whole, well, some, something just set the market. Because, you know, the market is all relative to the, the people involved. But, um, but yes, I mean, it feels like the price of Bradley Beal, if, if the Wizards get get to the point where they're open to considering trades for real, the price or the, the haul they'll get back went up based on all everything that just that the, the, the Nets just gave up. So, um, yeah, so the Brad, I mean, the if you were if you were sick and tired of the Bradley Beal trade rumors, I feel bad for you because it is only going to get substantially worse now. All right, so so I'm I'm trying to do this thing now, which is hardly the most original idea in human history, where I'm I'm gonna every once in a while, maybe a lot of the time, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple of Twitter questions. And we'll try to answer them on the podcast. So if you want questions answered, start brainstorming them and, and uh, you know, maybe get some answered on future podcasts. And I can't get to all of them, but I tweeted out and I asked for questions. And uh, this one is from Michael Jensen. It's pertinent to the conversation. It's uh, Mike Jensen MC on Twitter. He said, sadly, this must be discussed. In looking at the massive asset package Houston obtained, what type of package for Beal becomes too good not to accept? In the roster of youngsters, strong enough to see a path forward with staying the court. Is, is Sorry, is the roster of youngsters strong enough to see a path forward with staying the course? What's the, what's the package that's too big? Now, to be clear, and I think you've heard the same thing as me, Beal is not asked out still. Like, it's the same crap we've been saying all along. Beal hasn't asked out. All the qualifiers are the same. The Wizards don't have any interest in trading him. They're swatting away calls for him. Yada, yada, yada. That's that 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 that's all true. What we're talking about is a team that's 3-8, and eight, and Beal is a free agent in two years, and has said that he wants to win, and he's not winning right now. Um, and look, teams are going to call. We know how the NBA works. And, and and that's why I like the phrasing of this question. What package is too good? What package, if Tommy Shepard is hanging up calls in three seconds, what package can you scream off in three seconds if you're speed talking before Tommy Shepard hangs up the phone to get him not to hang up? Well, so, so let's, for argument's sake, take, the, take what the Houston actually got, okay? They got Victor Oladipo. Who's on an expired? Well, I mean, you know, they, the, the the end result they they traded, you know, trade made a deal with Houston, Indiana, but Victor Oladipo on an expiring contract. Dante Exum, I don't know how to say the uh, Rodinus Kirkus is that uh, Kirks? Uh, I, I never can say that guy's name. But then they got four first round picks and four pick swaps, although really three because they're not going to swap this year. Um, so I guess right there, if the Wizards were offered that trade. For Bradley Beal, do you make the trade? And you're getting Oladipo too, right? You're getting, you're getting, you're getting, um, you're getting Oladipo. Um, so, I mean, um, yeah. Do you do you make that? Do you make that trade if you're if you're the Wizards? I mean, I'm considering that. And if people talk so much about ah, oh, it's the Nets, it's the Nets picks. They're bad picks, but it's like you don't know what's going to happen in six years, man. I mean, I, I think what has to well, I mean, look, what comes Golden, down in Golden this State, too. Golden State just had the second pick in the draft off their own pick because Clay Thompson got hurt and Durant left, and you know things mm-hmm. went that that south. So yeah, you never know for sure how it's going to go. 
Yeah, what what comes into this too, which a lot of people don't necessarily talk about, is people look at it from the perspective of what's best for the organization all the time. And that's not always what ends up happening in these deals. I think we have a habit of doing that because whether we're journalists who have kind of lost our fandom or whether we're just fans, even if we're journalists who kind of lost our fandom, we, we started being fans. We started looking at teams from the perspective was what's best for the team we root for, what's best for this organization, that organization. But, you know, sometimes a GM just doesn't really care that much about a pick that's six or seven years down the line because he's probably not going to be there in six or seven years down the line. That That's how GMing tends to work. And so teams might not care about that as much, and that can affect the trade on either side of a trade. So, so I think that's a dynamic that has to be considered in a hypothetical like this. I mean, that's something I'm listening to, and I think Beal's tremendous. But that's 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 seven draft picks, potentially, if you get those swaps. And some of them you're naturally not going to get. But, you know, in this scenario, Kyrie, KD, and Harden can all become free agents in 2022. What happens if it doesn't work out? You know, what happens if that doesn't work out and the Nets are left without picks? Like the worst case scenario for the Nets is really down. That obviously doesn't pertain to this specific Beal situation because it can't happen now. The Nets can't happen now. They're out. But like that's something to be considered when we're talking about picks this far into the future. That, you know, that that Celtics Nets trade, it doesn't feel like it happened that long ago. Yet it was seven and a half years ago. That trade happened, and it built the Celtics. They have Jason Tatum, and they have Jalen Brown because of it, and both those guys are going to be perennial All-Stars. At worst, perennial All-Stars. Tatum could perennially be on MVP ballots, and Brown is pretty awesome, too. So you get a pick package like that. I think it's really hard to turn down. I mean, I think the obvious one that comes to mind now, now that the Nets are out in a Beal one, is... The exact package that we kept hearing about potentially with Philly and Houston, which can now just be switched over to Washington, which is the same one that our boss, David Aldridge, has been screaming about forever is making sense is, uh, you know, Simmons for Beal or some some package, including Simmons for Beal. I think that Philly, with the way Beal is been playing this year now and 35 a game on 60% true shooting and the way that he fits with them in terms of just style. I think Philly would have to include more than just Simmons in order to make that happen. But you get Simmons locked up and I think Simmons is an excellent player. I think people concentrate too much on his flaws. And then you got Simmons for Beal. And then you can deal with the uh, Simmons-Russell Westbrook stylistic clash once it happens. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I mean, as much as I like Bradley Beal, if you're Philly, and i I'd be honest, I have not watched a ton of the 76ers play this year, which is to say I've barely watched anything. Uh they looks like they're playing pretty well. I mean, obviously it's early in the season and can't worry too much, but like, you know, is, is Brad is whatever, even if one thinks Bradley Beal is better than Ben Simmons, does it really make sense for Philly to, to do that? Like it's one thing to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, who's a, you know, top five player in the league. I don't know my, at this point, why is Philly trading for Beal, even though Beal has been great and it is a better fit. I concur, but it's not like, you know, it's, you know, early on, it looks like they're, um, you know, do, doing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, one of the things with Philly is how are Simmons and Embiid going to play together? And last year, they were about they were about a net even when Simmons and Embiid were on the floor together. And it was a real problem. They just couldn't figure out how to have success when those two guys were on the floor. And in order for a team to reach its potential, it has to reach its potential while its best players are on the floor. And that was one of the many flaws that the Sixers had last year. And this year, when those two guys are playing together, they've been incredibly successful. They're like plus double digits per 100 possessions when those two guys are on the floor together. So Doc has figured out some stuff that's that's helping make them work. And that's inflated a little bit because they've played an easy schedule when those two guys have been out there and now they're hurt. But Beal is healthier than Simmons. There's a injury bug with Simmons every year. And I think, I mean, look, I voted for both Simmons and Beal for All-NBA last year. I had them both on my third team All-NBA. I forget if I had Simmons as a guard or a forward. I think I had him as a guard. I think those were my two guards on third team All-NBA. And I think with the way they've come back this year, Simmons is the same player. And I feel comfortable saying Beal is a better player now than he was last year. He's just better. Every year he comes back better offensively. Every year. Um, so so I, I just think it's an upgrade for Philly, and it's a stylistic upgrade for Philly. But I don't know if that's – what's one – let me ask you a question. You're Tommy Shepard, and I call you up, and I'm Tim Connolly. And I just rattle off really quickly Michael Porter Jr. and picks. What's your response? Gary Harris. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely considering it. I'm obviously going to talk to my medical people and see what they think about the Michael Porter situation. Um, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it. You know, here's here's what I would just say, though, about this whole Bradley Beal thing. Like, I've, I've said this before. You just said it now. You know, he, he is every year gets better. He every year is ascending to another height. And, you know, you watch the type of plays he's making on the court. You know, he entered this league as sort of a traditional – you know, just jump shooting too. And now he's making moves on the drive. He's, he's, you know, he's attacking the basket. He's got these, you know, you know, he's, he's deking people out off the dribble. I mean, his game has improved and, you know, I'm not going to put him in any like mother Teresa category, but by all accounts, he seems like a pretty good, a good locker room guy, good leader, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. This is, he's, he's essentially become everything you would want him to be. And maybe then some, when you make that kind of a pick and the fact that we're in this position 
where all we do is talk about what are they going to do. I'm not saying you and me, but just we as collectively about how, you know, when are they going to get rid of them is really just such an indictment of what's happened here in the last few years that this is the scenario that it's in. And it's obviously only gotten worse right now because we're in this position where they're three and eight. Russell Westbrook is out. We don't know exactly for how long. Uh, Thomas Bryant's out for the year. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to see, even if, like, they, you know, they're they plucky and try hard or whatever, that they're going to get things done. So even if they ultimately get a good haul, this this idea of them trading him feels like sort of like, uh, you know, out of some – like, because they, they, they've just botched this thing too much. And I know that's sort of obvious, but, like, it just feels like it needs to be said because I wouldn't personally want – like, even if you came to me with these offers, I don't really want to trade Bradley Beal. I really don't, but it is probably going to reach a point where it just logically is going to make too much sense. Of course, the reason why I didn't like the situation they were in before they made the, the wall Westbrook trade, but it still applies now, is even if you trade for the picks and stuff, you know, you still have the wall player, now the Westbrook player, who's not going to allow you to just go down the toilet, assuming the Westbrook we've seen so far is not the, the, the version we get going forward. Um and so, uh, you know, it, it's you can't even, like, do the thing you want to do, trade Beal to get stuff and do it in the way that you would like to, uh, you know, going forward. So I, I, I don't I, – I think I'm still sort of stuck, like, when I see these packages and these ideas. It makes sense. I get it. Porter Jr. is particularly interesting. But, um, man, it just, it just stinks that, that, that this is, like, the thing. They almost kind of feel like they have to trade this guy – for reasons other for no reason other than they've just botched it uh for so long now. Yeah. I mean that's well said. That's well said. Can I tell you can I tell you one more? Where we, we've heard the people have brought up the Philly one, people have brought up the Denver one, people have brought up Miami, people have brought up the Warriors who could throw in James Wiseman and by the way I mean, we're talking about ones that get Tommy Shepard not to hang up the phone. Like, that's but the one I would get interested in. Which? Wiseman. Wiseman is interesting, and they also have Minnesota's 2021 first-round pick, which is only top three protected and eventually turns into unprotected. So, yeah. I'd love those two things. Um, and then, you know, we'll we'll see what else you can give. Wiseman looks like the real deal. He looks really good. And there are other guys. You know what I think is an interesting one? And I have no sources on this, but but I have no sources telling me this, I should say. But you know what I think is an interesting one, which I feel like is just in character for their front office? What if Atlanta calls up and offers John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Kevin Herter, and they have all their first-round picks, and they throw in picks? I feel like that's an intriguing offer. You got Bogdanovich locked up, you know, for three years after this one, even though he's hurt right now. So you're trading for a hurt guy. But then you got you got Herder, who's a nice player, and you know the Wizards like their local guys, at least the non-player version, um, because you know so many people who they hire tend to be local people. Uh, And you've got you know Collins, who's going to be a free agent after this year, but he's restricted, and he's you know a walking twenty and ten and. I think he's flawed to a degree because is he? What is he doing for you defensively? I think he needs to figure that out. Uh, but I mean, he's very talented. There's no question he's very talented, and that's a really young guy who's super talented. And then you get picks out of it. So that's an intriguing one. I think that's an intriguing one.
That's my one I'm throwing out there to be crazy. Uh, should we take another another question? Absolutely. I like All right. Questions. Let's take let's take two more questions before we wrap up because we spent a lot of time on that one. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. All right. It says this one is mostly for Ben because he was here during it. This one is from Kevin Folly NBA. The question is mostly for Ben because he was here during it. But with Westbrook out, do we see the hashtag everybody eats whiz again? <laughs> um, well, that's funny. I, I don't know what the, what the what the numbers would show. But, I mean, I think we talked about this earlier in the season. Like, you know, the, the offense was kind of not. You know, uh, I mean, their offense is obviously they've been putting up points. I mean, yeah, it comes down to do you have a ball dominant point guard who struggles shooting from the outside on the court or not? <laughs> so, right? I mean, I mean, the, the everybody eats thing that happened the previous time, there was a lot going into that that was beyond even basketball on some level and, uh, and, and whatever. But like, I mean, there is something to be said for, you know, the ball movement, um, you know, Ver, that that's happening when one person is not sort of just has the ball all the time and taking ineffective shots in, in the, at the mid range and, and, and things like that versus um, you know the balls you know moving quickly and, and and you're getting it to to guys who could put it you know put the ball in the basket obviously with, with Beal and Bertans in particular you know they have guys that can score and shoot and you you know you, you, they're not the only ones uh, so you no know, I'll, I'll say we don't hear every I'll, I'll say we don't hear it again. Because I think that was back then, and that was a fun moment in time to some degree. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I don't, I don't think we hear it again. But I understand the the, the question because I mean Westbrook and Wall are very st- similar stylistic players, and uh, you know um, you would logically imagine there'd be better ball movement with him out of the lineup, and uh, th- than there would be otherwise. Yeah, and and one thing I'll say, which I think is the implication of the question, is that I, I know there was a report that Westbrook is going to miss three to four weeks and then he had a setback for what it's worth. I heard he didn't have a setback. Uh, I checked in after that report and asked people and I was told with absolute certainty that everything is exactly the same as what Scott Brooks said in his press conference on Monday, which is that he will be reevaluated in a week, which I guess is it's Thursday now at 1220. So, uh, you know, reevaluated in four days from now on January 18th. And uh, and then they're going to see where he is from there. Once again, as I said at the time, reevaluated in the week does not mean out exactly a week. Could be a little bit more than that. I'm not saying he'll be back in a week. The Wizards might not be back in a week. Wizards might not be playing in a week. We, we go back to the original. Like, the, what what was the original when the Wizards put out a statement on Westbrook? They never actually established any timeline, correct? They just said he. Yeah, would be they said they said they said he'll be reevaluated in a week, and you know, see after that. Which is which is what teams tend to do now. Teams don't really tend to put out official timelines for the most part, unless it's like a really long time. It's normally even if it is a really long time, they say he'll be reevaluated in two to three months. That's what teams tend to do now. They say reevaluated. They don't say definitely returning. Right, Leaves the right. door open so, a little more for them to have, be flexible. Right, and so, so yeah, so, so so to that end, I mean. You know, we don't quite know where he's going to be at. We talked about the last time I was on this podcast that I said that this felt like a very consequential week for this organization. When is Russell Westbrook coming back? 
how is he coming back? And if he is good to go when he returns, then okay, fine, he just needed rest. And if he's not, then there's then there's other questions to uh, to to ask. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't you know, like you said, it doesn't sound to me like there was any notion of a setback at all, and that you know he's just going through his. Uh, you know, what, what I don't call it rehab or whatever, but he's going through, um, you know, his his work with the training staff and and trying to uh, get better, get better, and he'll be back. Um, you know, sounds like at some point during this uh, upcoming road trip. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. We'll see when he ends up playing. But the the good news for Wizards fans is I I heard there is there is actually no setback. So good to go on that. Uh, one more Twitter question. Before we wrap, unless you have anything else you want to discuss, but this one's from uh, Kike H O G. Hey Fred, do you think that the Wizards will get fined or penalized in any ways, a la NFL, for this outbreak if a failure in the protocol is found? I don't know. I mean, f- for what it's worth, I I don't think there was a failure in in the protocol. Like, I don't think this is because anybody on the Wizards violated protocol. I, 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 I can't say f- exactly what it's from, um, or exactly where they think it, the cases came from. I don't know that for sure yet, but, but I don't, there's no indication at all that anybody broke protocol and that's why this has happened. So I'll say that if we're speaking more generally, I don't know how the league is going to handle that stuff right now. I just, we just don't have enough evidence you know i would hope if guys are going out and willy-nilly breaking protocol and and we've seen some players who have you know who have broken protocol who've had to enter quarantine so far and we've we've kind of seen that uh you know obviously james harden is the most obvious case and right now kyrie irving is being uh you know investigated for for going to a, a maskless or i should say a video of him that appeared to be him at a maskless birthday party or say, right. It was a maskless birthday party. Yeah. And so, you know, now the league is investigating that and seeing if he has to quarantine there, if, if he ends up coming back to the nets. So that's something to look at as well. Uh, where the league has had discipline. I don't know how they'll handle it for a whole team. I don't know how they would handle it for a whole team. And look, let's be real. This is the NBA. These are, these are young, fun, 20-somethings with disposable income. And uh, people like that tend to go have fun. Like that's the that that is the type of people who are going out and partying during the pandemic right now. It's not 73-year-olds with with uh, pre-existing conditions who are filling up, you know, filling up clubs these days. So so I'm sure there are guys who are doing stuff like Kyrie and Harden. Uh, who who haven't gotten caught yet or whatever it is, I don't know how the league would handle it if if it if they could definitively prove that it led to a situation like this. I would like to think there would be a penalty because you just got to set a precedent. Like you just you have to set a precedent uh, in situations like this. But again, I, I I don't think that's what happened with the Wizards. So I'm speaking hypothetically right now. I re- I really have. I really don't think that's what happened with the Wizards at all. Um, by the way, um, and uh, has, has it been said? I mean, I, I, I think I read it somewhere, but you you know sort of what we can or can't say. Has it been said specifically which players 
uh, or in the uh, program, as it were? Are in health and safety protocols? Yeah. You mean? So, well, I don't say I don't say which players tested positive. I don't say that. Um, but the players we know that are at least in health and safety protocols, which could mean a number of things, contact tracing, that kind of stuff, are still Wagner and Rui Hachimura. And the way that I've been told that the league is categorizing the rest of it is that there's no injury report because the games are canceled. And so everybody on the roster is just going through contact tracing right now. Um, and that was when, you know, Hachimura and, and Wagner was when there was still potentially a game going on. So they released an injury report with those two guys on the injury report. And now everybody's just kind of caught up in contact tracing. And now, you know, as Woj reported, there's a there's a third positive test on the roster. So, you know, hopefully that's all it is. You never want to see people get sick in the middle of what's going on in the world. It just, man, you know what? I This is, it's not fun. Like none of none of this crap is fun. I'm just so ready for the world to be normal again. Oh my god, well, I'm so it, ready. I'm so yeah, ready to step into an arena again and just walk up to a person and talk to them. Like I'm so ready to go to the movies. Oh my god, I would love to go to the movies. That sounds great. Oh, the sounds mo- the mo- awesome. The movies is the thing I probably miss the most, like sort of daily activities. But uh, I mean, beyond the obvious of like actually talking to people. Or seeing people, it is frustrating for to be in this situation uh, for all of us. Uh, you know uh, the, 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 that these, you know, that all this is going on. And the reality is, I don't know when. You know, from a broader society perspective, obviously, you know, we're, I think we're all watching updates on these on the vaccines and when things are going to roll out and happen. And and uh, you know, we'll just have to see what happens with the new with the next administration and how they and how they get things going. But yeah, it's you know. This is our world. This is our normal for a while now, and it's uh, yeah, super frustrating. And obviously, it's affecting this team uh, right now. Yes, it is, and um, that is going to do it. That's all we got. That's going to do it for unless unless Ben, you you have anything else? I am good, but I appreciate the uh, the the minutes on the podcast as always. I feel like I was like a bit of a volume shooter today, so I. I uh, you know, and now I know what what it feels like to be James Harden and uh, Kyrie. There you go. I uh, I like volume shooters. Volume shooters are fun. Give me a Jamal Crawford off the bench. I'll always watch Jamal Crawford off the bench. That's just fun. It's just good, healthy fun. Jamal Crawford, one of the best interviews in the league, too. By the way. Absolutely. <laughs> that really brought up. That really brought out the enthusiasm. I like how amidst the conversation about us being volume shooters, we just have a solid four-second pause before. Absolutely. All right. We're we're doing it. Um, ben, any football team stuff to plug or anything else that you want the, uh, the listeners to know about? Listen to the Standing Room podcast. Uh, anything else? No, I think you um I think you guys hit it. I appreciate it and uh yeah, more to come. There's a GM search in, in, going on and uh we'll see what happens. Yes, and listens to Ben's pod, Reben's stuff. He's incredibly good at his job and is always awesome to have on here. Um if you are not a subscriber to The Athletic, you want to be a subscriber to The Athletic? Well, I can help you out with that. 
You can go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up for the athletic at $3.99 a month. Again, that's theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. And that gets you full access, not just to me and Ben, but to everything that you want on the site. You're going to get DC stuff and New York stuff and Texas stuff and California stuff and everything else and all the leagues and MLB and NFL and NBA and just everything. So check that out, theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, and you can sign up for $3.99 a month. I'm telling you, it's worth it. And I don't just say that because I work there. I was a subscriber before I worked at The Athletic. It's totally worth it. So theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark for $3.99 a month. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are a supporter of the podcast, one way that you can just kind of show some appreciation is either tell your friends about Wizards After Dark or you can go to iTunes and you can leave a review. You can give us five stars. The written reviews really help, as I always say. So if you want to sign, write something there. That's super duper nice about the podcast. You can do that. I'll be back with another episode next week. They're not playing on Friday. So this podcast will be good for a little bit. Maybe they'll play Sunday. Maybe they'll play Monday. They're scheduled to play Sunday. They're scheduled to play Monday. We'll see if those games end up happening or if they end up postponed. Who the heck knows at this point? Hopefully they play because that just means that things are getting back to normal and enough people are healthy to be able to play. And ultimately that's the most important thing, everybody being healthy. So hopefully we all get Wizards basketball soon, regardless of whether they play on Sunday or play on Monday or not. I'll be back next week, early next week, probably with another episode talking about some crap that's going on with the Wizards because something's always going on. I'll talk to you guys then. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.